Hello, we are live. It is the American Israelite Newspapers podcast, Let There Be Light podcast. And this week, we're going to notice that we're probably a little bit muffled. We are wearing our masks <laughs> <laughs> because we um, we want to stay as safe as we can. And well, we're you definitely, should tell people why we're masked up here. We're, we're masked because I am waiting for my first grandchild to arrive, yeah. and my daughter and her husband are moving in with us on Saturday, and we have strict rules as to what we can and cannot do. And if, he, if Ted wants me to continue to be his co-host here, oh, God. he and I both have to wear a mask. So we're now gonna after t- the baby's here, then we'll have to see what goes on. Yeah, it's, and everybody's going to be fine after a couple days, so everything's going to be fine. So then you won't have to be wearing a mask all we'll, the time. We'll then. see. We'll see what my my once she has the baby at the hospital and then comes home, everything's fine. And and you we all don't want the baby to get it. No, you don't. But uh, you, we'll work it out. You, Plus, if you've had your shots. No, I, I know. By then, no. if you've had well, your you, shots, you had the you had, I had the, the trial, but I'm you know I don't know if I've had the placebo or the the real one. What, so we'll they find won't out. tell you now. Yossi, who Yossi, one of our coworkers, mm-hmm. had the had, got the vaccine. Did he get the real one? They told me he got the real one. Oh, that's good for him. Yeah, he's lucky. Yeah, so he's yeah. taking care of. So your first vaccine on the ones that are two, your first right. vaccine gives you a lot of immunities. And the second one is your long-term immunity. So right, if you've got right. the first one after three or four year, days. So we should explain that you ha- you went through one of the trials. trials for and, I'm and, on the trial for Johnson & Johnson. And the that Jansen you got shot. one of the shots, but right. we don't, they won't tell you whether or not you got the uh, no, vaccine not until, or not. No, not until it's my turn to get the real vaccine right, that's right. going on. And then when it's my turn, I get to call them, and then they will tell me what I can do. Okay, but so if they I'm, want me to stay within their program, then what they will do is let me have uh, their shot. Okay. Uh, that so, is a truck reversing. Anyway, I don't know yeah, about you. The, well, that's our new sign out front. We have a new sign in the in the uh, at the uh, beautiful uh, uh, our uh, the North Forty here at one one six seven four eleven and Road. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but when I woke up this morning, we didn't morning, even introduce who we are. Oh, okay. Well, you, I'm I'm Ted Deutsch, and I'm Julie Bernsonbrook. <laughs> Babs, affectionately known as Babs. <laughs> Well, anyway, today's a good day. Yeah, what t- what is today? Today, well, this is the new year, the new secular well, new year. Well, today is technically, year. we are not live, even though you keep telling people we're live. <laughs> we are taping yeah. uh, on Wednesday, January 6th. It's the 22nd of Tevet, 5781. Yes. yes. And, uh, and yet last night was another big election, and I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to see that we are most likely going to have another Jewish uh, senator. Oh, oh. Okay, I, I've not been paying attention. Wow, that's like the second most important election this year. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. Well, anyway, today we also have we have two um, guests that we are going to be doing a Zoom interview with that we're pretty excited about. Last week we did interview Billy Kahn and Pam Sakes um, because they are two winners of the American Israelites well, Persons of the Year. Right, and then so we, now yes, we're going to interview right, right. two more of them. Right, right, we're right. going to interview Michael Ostriker and J. David Rosenberg. Right. Uh, they both were on the foundation board. And uh, we're honoring them because of the service they did. It's, it wasn't an easy board to be on. And then we also had honored another person of the year was Robert uh, Robert Weil from Weil right. Funeral, so, who has so retired. So we wanted to, you know, we should tell everybody that so this is the first year we've done this. Where we have several winners of People of the Year, and you're going to get a permanent plaque for this and put yes, it up we're on getting your wall. A plaque for it, yeah, yeah. So the, did we ever announce who the total? I guess we did. We announced we who just the did sort of, sir. You know, so Bill Kahn at Wildcon Funeral Home because he took over for 
Uh, Bob and because Weil, of the service he's done this year, it, it was a very yeah, stressful yeah. year probably for the funeral home and business because they've got these people coming in with COVID. And Michael Ostriker um, from the Jewish Foundation, uh, Jay David Rosenberg from the Jewish Foundation, and Pam Sakes for her work at the Mayerson Foundation. Correct. And, and so this is our inaugural class of... Uh, yearly winners. Right. And we'd like to, and, and we picked people that we felt deserved recognition. Right. Exactly. That are, exactly. And they may be names you've heard of, but these are people that have right. not been recognized for these things that they've done. And, and we're really excited to share that with you. Right, right, right. And uh, I think we, we have a great inaugural class. Yeah. You know, I think we did, I think we did well. I think we did well. And I think they've served this community well. And I think once in a while, people need a pat on the back. They need to be thank you. Even us, you know, we we just get yelled at a lot, and we get <laughs> criticized on all the social media constantly from all the mistakes that we constantly make. But uh, once in a while, it's nice to get a pat on the back. It is, and yeah. and this yeah. is well, and you know, they're all they're all interesting people, and they're going to tell us things about them that aren't about their resume, that yeah. aren't just about their education and where they work. You can read that on the front. Cover it's of the, the Israelite this week. Right, Carol right, Hershenson right, right, did a right. really she good did, job yeah, right, doing right. their personal history. It's really nice. So, well, so uh, catch that. And right. Then, so then we're going to go into we're going to be interviewing uh, Michael Ostriker and J. David Rosenberg in just a little bit. We're going to take a break from reading the news and go to an interview with them, and then we'll come back and read the rest of the news. So we're just checking our time to make sure we're on time. Right. Right. How was your New Year's Eve? Uh, it was boring. Boring, yeah. Nice and boring. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, I like a nice and, you know, when I was young, when we were younger, it was like so important. Like, it was. What, it was a really big hug. What were you yeah. going to do? What were you going to yeah, wear? Exactly. Exactly. When, it was, when we were younger, it was so important. Now that we're older, it's like, eh, you know, um, I think someone's calling in. Oh, no, are, that's are just they? telling us that we have a, it's a, a reminder for ourselves. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. so read the, uh, the the top story of the week, and that then s- jumps to page three. Yeah, and on three, you have a, a really nice advertising. I'm assuming Melissa created it for you, advertise with us. That's a really sharp ad. I, it's nice actually, and, I created that like years, you? I created that like years ago. I like it, and I like the little phone in there for the yeah, O for today. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I think you so um, let's look at the masthead again. Um, right, right. So on the masthead, you list all. Who is Julie Burson? <laughs> is that still? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that will be circled and go on um, <laughs> Melissa's <laughs> chair. B e r n S e n. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why don't you just say Julie Babs Brooks? <laughs> you could have her do that, Burnson. too. <laughs> instead of Burnson, just I Julie think that Babs. would probably be easier. You know, Babs is short for Barbara, so that was it was a nickname for Barbara. I think that Barbara Streisand used to be called Babs. She was, yeah. So, you uh, know, it's interesting. On page four, there is right, the right. Wise Temple talks about their adult learning programs, Downtown Lunch and Learn, which are going to be virtual. Right. But, you know, when I was on the phone with J. David Rosenberg, yes. he paid you a huge compliment. I know. He said that, you know, he used to like to see you come down for those lunches, yeah. and um, he thought of you as a scholar. I, I, I said to him, he only Ted, reads, yeah, Ted, Ted, a scholar? Ted reads comic books. No, I don't read comic books, and I don't read <laughs> nudie magazines either, but I do, I do read the Wall Street Journal. Uh, my favorite, well, so I'll tell you what my favorite publications are, the Wall Street Journal, Ohio uh, Hunting and Fishing News, Ohio Outdoor News. Okay. Uh, Motor Trend, 
magazine is an excellent uh, and Consumer Reports. I read it, but it's become so I don't know very McDonald-y. It's not Consumer Reports is not the same Consumer Reports it was twenty thirty years ago, where it was like hard hitting factual um, uh, you know yeah, analysis. Well, you would, yeah. It's it's become so vanilla. Well, I'm in the uh, middle of reading Michael Oren's book, The Night Archer, and okay, actually, so I went on. You're reading the, more books than I, I read. Yeah. Well, I read newspapers. I love. Right, I've always right, been a newspaper right, re- right, reader. Right. Even in college, I used to pick up the newspaper at right. at lunch from right. the the Chicago Tribune right, right, while I was right. down in Champaign. Well, that's, a, that's a good paper. You know, yeah. have a bag of popcorn and a diet coke and sit down and read the uh, the whole newspaper. But well, you, the Enquirer is like it it's takes like, two we, seconds. I know. Well, we have more. We have as many pages as the Enquirer does on a daily basis in a weekly paper. Yeah. I, there's a yeah. couple of columnists in the Inquirer that I like. Yeah, yeah one, I, I agree like with you. Once in a too. while, they're okay. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's changed since we were younger. Right. Um, I like the New York Times. Yeah, we get the New yeah. York Times, right. on, especially on Sunday. Right. I like right. the wedding section. Right. And right. a lot of the human interest, which is what you know why I so like I, our columns here. So I'm trying to flip through the pages, but because I'm wearing this mask, I can't lick my finger. Yeah, I said it's like when you and go to Kroger like, and you can't get the plastic like, bags open anymore. To get my, you know, when I go to Kroger, I'll be there later today when I'm delivering the papers, and I go to get the bananas. And I'm like sitting there fumbling with that bag for like ten, you know, like a minute. <laughs> Everybody and people is. are like looking at you, like, "What is this guy <laughs> doing with that bag?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to get it open." So then you have to like reach in and like lick your finger and like get it a little sticky, and then you. you but see, that's a bad thing because then you're spreading germs when you're licking your finger. Well, how do you get the damn? How I do don't you get the know. Bag they, open? They're gonna, I think we're gonna remember when you when I when you they used to have things you used to put in the end of your finger that were rubbery, like if you worked well, at a bay. Yeah, yeah, that like was like a sticky, with, a sticky. Yeah, we'll have thing. to come in with rubber bands at the end of our fingers. <laughs> uh, the life and trials and tribulations of our lives nowadays. So, in national news. Um, Unfortunately, Larry King is hospitalized with COVID. I saw that and. Um, <sighs> He's got to be how old? He's almost ninety, I would think. Oh yeah, I think he's he's over that. It, it didn't say that in here what how old he was, but yeah, he's his actually real name was is Lawrence Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Ziegler. Ziegler. Yeah. Anyway, it's really interesting because I remember that when J and F had a dinner here, yes. and he was the featured guy. Yeah. And I was I was walking around that night taking photos, and um, I think he was married to like his. Was it his? His umpteenth. Just say the umpteenth wife. <laughs> okay. And um, so I went over to him and I said, "Can I tell?" I'm, I, I said, "Who I am?" I said, "I'm Ted Deutsch from the local Jewish newspaper, from the American Israelite, the oldest Jewish newspaper in America." So can I take your picture? And you know, because I'm doing pictures for every, you know, for this and mm-hmm. your. And he he like sure sure Ted and his his wife looked at me like I was like t- trying to sell him like a. Furry rat. Oh. <laughs> like, well, maybe it's like baseball like, players, you, and you ask him to sign your ball, and they say, you know, it's like, like yeah. It was, she was like, what do you want, and get away from me. And By the was, way, he is 87, it says right okay, here, but he's so, only got a 50-50 chance or better of surviving this, which is really scary. Well, if they gave him that, what is it, the rem, remdesivir? Yes. Yeah, that stuff works wonders. I mean, so hopefully they're giving him that, and, um, you know, probably oxygen and some steroids, and they'll get his health back. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be okay. Um, and uh, the KKK has been uh, active in Northern California with recruitment flyers. And um, 
around Toluca Lake, California. This was a couple about a week or two ago, um, and they're actually active out there. And you'd be—I mean, it's—it's it's kind of strange. They must maybe they're from Oregon or someplace else because uh, you don't really in California. It's kind of unless they're in a rural part of California. Yeah. You wouldn't think you'd see the KKK there. Oh, something's interesting to them. Uh, internationally, we've got Polish rapper under fire for calling COVID-19 a modern holocaust. His real name is Jacob Grabowski, but he's better known as Q Bonafide. <laughs> <laughs> and he made a song where he said that outside the window, a modern holocaust, where he's referring back to the COVID-19. So I guess he's gotten a tremendous amount of flack for that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, why can't you just leave Holocaust out of things, you know? Unless it's the Holocaust, well, because leave then, it out. Because it also it, uh, it gets them a little publicity. Yeah. So we've just now announced this. He's, just, he's probably gotten publicity all over, the, all over the country, all over the world because of this song. And that's what he wanted is free publicity. So he just got some free publicity. Um, we do want to point out that uh, the opinions that we express on this show are only those of the person speaking. Speaking, right. And also that we only do uh, a small amount of the uh, total number of stories in the paper. We just do like an overview of stuff that we find interesting. So go to the actual paper to read all the rest of the stories that are happening and going on this week. In in Israel news, uh, Jonathan Pollard has arrived in Israel after 35 years uh, 35 years after his arrest And he was brought on a spy. private plane from Sheldon Adelson, provided him with a private plane. And I did actually see on the news uh, that he, when he got there, his, he handed his wife his things and he got down on his knees and kissed the ground. You know, I, you always think when you're traveling to Israel that you're going to do that. I, I did. Yeah, I you feel there. like... At least I, I kissed my hand and then I kissed the ground. Yeah. So um, at this point, I think that we're going to take a break and okay. start to head into our interviews. Okay. So let's stay. We'll, we'll come back to uh, that page. We'll be on page 11. Okay. Fresh. So we are live with uh, J. David Rosenberg and with Michael Ostriker. So you and uh, I are live, but by the time that they hear the podcast, I keep right, getting right, told right, to stop right. saying we're live because oh, we're okay. technically... It, we're taping. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I, it's just a small correction there. All right, so why don't you introduce our, our guests? So our guests today are two of our persons of the year. We have yes. Jay David yeah, Rosenberg yeah. Yep. and Michael Ostriker. And it's, it's an honor that you're giving us some of your time. I know you're both very busy, but it's a big honor for us to have you uh, interview with us, and we are we are so honored for all the work that you've also done for the community. It's yes. wasn't an easy position to be on that foundation for you know ten fifteen years. It was a lot of work, from what I understand, um, meetings and important meetings because you were dealing with somebody else's money. <laughs> <laughs> so can't always be easy when you're dealing with other people's money. Um, what we'd like to do is get to know you a little bit better. Now, on uh, the American Israelite Union, you'll see that there is a great story that Carol Hershenson right, wrote right. about both of you are in there, and you're on the front cover again. So, Well, you've been on the cover now twice <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, both of you. <laughs> Everyone's going to recognize you at Kroger. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> They're going to just think it was last week's, you know, same edition thing. and not read it. <laughs> the same thing again, yes, yes. Well, that no. that Ted, Ted made a mistake again. <laughs> You know, they can't get my spelling right of my maiden name. Every week it's a different spelling. It's a, it's a We're good just going to change it to Babs. <laughs> That's Babs. my middle name. Babs yeah. Brooke. 
So, um, so let's start a little bit with um, J. David Rosenberg. What would you like us to call you, David Rosenberg or J. David? What would you prefer? David. David. David, David. is good. Okay. okay. And J stands for? J-A-Y. Okay. J. Okay. Perfect. I've always gone. I've always gone by David, but when I came to Cincinnati, realized there were uh, several David Rosenbergs here in town. Ah. So I started formally using J. Period David. Okay. And and are you named after somebody? Not that I can. Um, not that I could ever write down. <laughs> <laughs> so you call? No your... one will claim you. <laughs> no one claims you. That's that's fair enough. <laughs> So, um, you know, we know that you came up here, that you call yourself an immigrant to Cincinnati. It's funny because I say that, too. You know, when someone says they're a foreigner, I say I'm a foreigner, too, because I come from Chicago. <laughs> but, you know, tell us a little bit on how you wandered into Cincinnati one day. Well, as I think you know, I came from the shtetl of Lexington, Kentucky, <laughs> where Cincinnati has benefited from a number of Jewish migrants. <laughs> but um, my, my ghostwriter has some roots. Uh, in greater Lexington, too, oh. as to a number of Cincinnatians. But um, my family had come to Lexington. My father had immigrated there as a, about a four-year-old at the turn of the last century, around 1904. Oh. Um, and the, most of the Jewish community, the Orthodox community, had come from the same community in uh, Poland and Lithuania, Kovna. Oh. And then my mother came to Lexington during World War II, which was unusual for a single woman, met my father, who was 20 years older than my mother. Hmm. And uh, they had a, we had a small family business, which was typical of Jews all over the Midwest and the South. They were so often merchants. Uh, Lexington, Louisville, Frankfurt, Georgetown, Cynthiana, and all through the Midwest and South. Hmm. Did you ever read so that book, The uh, Jew Store? Because that was about those sort of businesses. I've read, I've read The Juice Store. It's a favorite of mine, as well as, um, I think it's called, uh, it was written by Eli Evans about growing up Jewish in uh, North Carolina. Mm. Uh, very prominent uh, book about Jews of the South. Interesting. And Michael, so you... But he, has, he, has a great, he has a great line in his book that the story of our people through the Midwest and South is of fathers and mothers who built businesses for sons and daughters that didn't want them. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and in his case, a journalist in New York. Yeah. His family had had a store uh, business in uh, the Carolinas. Huh. And Michael, so Michael, you are from Cincinnati originally, or are you also a transplant? No, I'm, I'm from Cincinnati. My family... Uh, Part of it is from Lexington on my maternal grandparents' side, and part of it's from Germany. Okay. And actually, when you and I were talking, I told you some of the history that you didn't even know about, and I gave you some websites that have some very interesting stories about your family in them. And also your... No, I haven't, I haven't looked yet, but I have them written down in my little to-do list. Right. So your grandfather Hans um, and your father Robert have an interesting history of going kind of back and forth to Germany. And you have been fortunate, you told me, to go be able to go and visit the places they're from. Did, did my, David, have you ever gotten to go back to see where your family is from in Europe? I have not. My, uh, my father uh, always, who, who, when he came as a four-year-old, when I would ask him 
he always said, that's where I'm from. I got no interest in going back there. My mother, by contrast, was from a family of German Jews that had come before the Civil War. Right. In fact, she had a she had a great grandfather that fought for the Union in the Civil War. He was a drummer boy (laughs) from Maryland, as you know, was border state. And so while she was culturally Southern, uh, there was that history that I sometimes say my family was a mixed marriage and that my father was um, East European and my mother was German Jews. And so we had the benefit of belonging to two congregations in Lexington. Wow. It was not unusual in a small town. And so, again, you know, we'll go back to one of my earlier questions, too, is how did you end up in Cincinnati? What what brought you here? Right. Um, I had a couple of bad habits when I graduated from law school. I like to eat regularly and pay my bills when they come due. <laughs> I graduated law school in December of 1973, right after the first oil embargo, and I needed a job. I graduated unemployed while I was near the top of my law school class the University of Kentucky, um, which was in Lexington. Right. Uh, I didn't have a, a job in Lexington with a law firm. I was looking at maybe having to hang out my shingle. And um, after I had graduated in December and while I was preparing for the bar exam, I got an offer from Keating Newton Clee Camp here in Cincinnati to come to Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh, I took it, took the Kentucky bar in the spring of 1974. Right. And then took the Ohio bar that summer, thought I'd be here a few years, and it's 45 years later. Mm, you really it's because are. bourbon was close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Just right across the bridge. And- Actually, I lived in northern Kentucky the first three years, so I could still see I-75 and make, it, <laughs> make my way home easily. And, and you've thanked that University of Kentucky yes, with yes. a grand gift for the gift of the education that they gave you and. Allowed you to to have the experience yes, that yes. you have, so you've done a wonderful uh, mitzvah well, just, for that university. Why don't you tell us a little bit yes, about it? Yes. Well, you grow up in Lexington, you're in the shadow of the University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I had two seminal experiences there. One in high school, they ran a summer high school speech and debate program uh. that I attended for three summers and was active in the high school uh, speech and debate team. And then in uh, law school, I was able to attend the law school while living at home in my parents' home. And it was one of the great bargains I ever got. I think my in-state tuition um, as a uh, law student was about 150 bucks a semester. Wow. And I was able to graduate in two and a half years. Wow. So, um, you know, my total law school tuition was probably less than $1,000. Wow. I was able to live in my parents' home. My father's health was beginning to fail at that time. And I was able to help my mother with that and also to assist in the small family business. Yeah. At that point, she was. So I owe a debt to that school. And uh, mm-hmm. I was proud to be able to uh, uh, to make a contribution to it. Right, right. And Michael, tell us about your education. Where did you spend your undergraduate and your graduate years? I went to Miami of Ohio. And then I went to Boston University Law School. And then you wanted to come back to Cincinnati. What brought you back to Cincinnati? Well, first I, I made a three-year, two-and-a-half, three-year stop in New York on the way, um, which is where I got my first job. But I always wanted to come back here. Yeah. My family was from here, and, you know, it's, it was a roots kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So um, how did the two of you meet? 
Do you know? Do you remember? I think through Wise Temple. Oh. I, yeah, it was through Wise. Okay. For sure, it was through Wise Temple. Okay. And Michael, you've been president of Wise Temple, correct? And I and I believe your father was also president. Correct. David was first lady. <laughs> my wife, my wife Diane, was on the board. Followed Mike as president of um, Wise first Temple. husband, first husband, first husband. Yeah, well, you know, Wise Temple has always been way more progressive than the other other synagogues, always. Yeah, so, yeah. you've been it's always David still David still the 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 bar for the, for the <laughs> <laughs> he still he still set the bar. <laughs> well, I I I undertook as um, as the first spouse that um, first spouse. the boardroom should have a um, have a stock bar that should be open on Purim, <laughs> and you know. We President's bar. Do you have any advice that you would give to Camilla Harris's uh, husband for the future? Mm. Yeah, favorite motto of mine is the whale gets harpooned when it's spouting. Low profile. Low profile. So uh, I've tried to live. I've tried to live that, but uh, my wife is far more uh, active in the community, and uh, <laughs> so it's hard to be low profile. She she pulls you forward, huh? So, Michael, tell me something about you, Michael, that nobody, right. that people right. don't know. Tell us something that, you know, everyone What you like to do. What isn't or, on your, yeah, right, what isn't right, on this front right, page? What, right. what do you, what's, tell us a unique experience that you've had in your life that you'd like to share with people that are listening to our podcast. Probably the most, well, there are two things that were unique. One, I was uh, in a tornado. I was in the upper crust when it was blown away in 1969, August. Wow. And uh, it was destroyed. Mm. And I was out, and I found myself out in the parking lot with a broken leg. Wow. So that was a pretty un- unusual experience. Wow, yeah. Um, and the second um, probably was doing Kilimanjaro a couple of times. Oh, wow. That's amazing. How, how I, you know, they, there's just books, and people write really long stories about their experiences. How long does it take, and what is the preparation for that? Yeah. Um, how long it takes is it depends a little bit on how crazy you are, because the faster you go up, the sicker you can probably get from the altitude. So yeah, I yeah. think some people kind of do it, and I, mean, I think it's been done in a day. Right. By the the guides, they they'll run up there in a day and then run back down, literally run. But it was uh, for me, it was seven up and two down. And then, mm. how did you prepare at home? Do you do long hikes and? Do you oh, yeah. practice at? Um... Well, let's put it, I, I've done it twice. So the first time I was way more disciplined and serious about it. And I, you know, did a lot of, you know, weight training and things like that, you know, huh. endurance things um, right, right. that I found I really didn't need to do when I got there. So I didn't do it the second time. And I probably was not in as Felt good a shape. How many years apart were they when you did the two? Yeah, so. Yeah. Two years. Two years apart. Yeah. And how much weight do you carry on your back when you're climbing that? And do you lose weight? Is it a good diet? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good diet. You <laughs> lose a lot of weight, both by what you by what you eat, and you know by the the stress on your body. Physical. Because yeah. at that at that al- altitude, you know, you're really you're, you're kind of stressing yourself pretty much. Yeah. And you, you also don't feel good. You don't you don't want to eat anything. Period. Huh. And they sort of, they, at least the people I was with, they made you eat. 
Right, yeah, right. because you need People, the calories. Right. right. Well, you need the energy. You need the calories, and it's yeah, cold. Yeah, they would sit there and watch you eat. If you didn't eat, they, right. you know, scold you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who did you go with on these trips? Who did you take with you? The first time I went by myself. I was with a group once I got there, but I went. I just decided I was going to go, and I showed up in Tanzania, got off the plane, and there was somebody holding a sign for the outfitter that I was using, and I went over there, and I stood and waited till the group. And how old were you December. the first time? Um, I was like 49. Okay. Wow. And then the second time, you must have been about 51. Yep. And the mm-hmm. second time, where did you go with the second time? My son. Which my elder son. Your elder son. And how did he fare? Does he want to go back again, or would he say once was enough? He hasn't really talked about going back, so that might have mean. <laughs> I mean, doing it twice, I, I got off the the bus that came, took the group from the airport to where the camp was going to be, and I had, it turned out I had the same guide for both trips. And when I got off the bus, he looked at me and recognized me and said, you're crazy. So <laughs> that'll tell you something. Yeah, yeah. And what about you, David? Tell us something that people don't know about. Do you have a hobby? Is there something that you know that you do that maybe people don't know that you do? Not nothing naughty. Don't tell us naughty things. <laughs> well, my my bar mitzvah was on Derby Day. Oh wow! Okay. Nineteen sixty two. What was your half Torah? And who was the who was who won the race? <laughs> <laughs> Who won the Derby that year? Did people show up? Leviticus 19 was the hop Torah, or the Torah portion. Uh, and um, I have no idea who won the, uh, who won the Derby. <laughs> who won the Derby yeah. that year? Well, when we interview people about their bar mitzvahs that we catch on from the page, I always come, well, where did you get your suit? You know, because it's a big thing for the boy <laughs> to go, do you remember where you got your suit? Was it at your dad's store? No, our family's business was uh, jewelry and leather goods and, and luggage. So that uh, must have meant you didn't get very many good presents then because you already were getting them from your dad's shop. I did receive a fountain pen. <laughs> he still has that fountain pen, too. Well, I still write with a fountain pen. Uh, nobody can read my writing, including <laughs> myself. My secretary of uh, 35 years has begun to do pretty well, with it, which is better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> Now, let's let's go back to your volunteering and your time on the foundation. I'm going to start with David. Tell me, can you, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of really good experiences and things that were meaningful for you there, but can you, like, maybe bring it down to one or two positive, yeah, positive, positive experiences yeah, yeah. that you had there, that, that things that you are, are most proud most of, proud of some, right. something that you did there during that time that, you know, that you really were so thrilled that you got that accomplished? You know, Mike and I went on the board uh, in the, in early 2010, and the big issue then was was proceeding with the sale of the hospital that hadn't yet occurred but was pending. Okay. And so we first participated in the final decisions to to sell the hospital in those last negotiations, and which was transformative, and was brought with a fair amount of controversy within within the greater community as to how those proceeds might be allocated right and they were in fact put into the jewish foundation and then we had the opportunity for 10 years uh almost 11 years to set the culture and the uh infrastructure 
for the Jewish Foundation and its priorities and values, including right. particularly that it would always be, or as, as, as long as, as we were on that board, driven by the board of trustees. And I've never worked with a volunteer board that has worked hard. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm proud of the elements of the culture that we helped establish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we made independent, that were independent. Right. We had the luxury because we weren't a fundraising organization to make independent decisions. We were very conscious that we were a community foundation. And so while each one of us may have had our own favorite philanthropic interests, right. when we came together as a board, it was the best interests of the community that we were trying to serve and not our own personal you know, favorite causes. Um, that because, but that some of our decisions wouldn't be popular and that that wasn't our role. We weren't, we weren't running a political organization. We were an independent organization that didn't have to, that had the luxury not to engage in fundraising. Um, we, um, I, I tried to emphasize the importance of excellence and I think I institutionalized that word both in our attempt for our own conduct but also in the organizations that we partnered with to seek to strive for excellence on the theory that that's what would succeed and uh, that people would want to participate in. And then on a personal basis, uh, you know, right after the sale of the hospital, the, you know, I raised the issue that we've got this money now and we need to focus on investing it. <laughs> and Mike real quickly piped up and said, well, David, why don't you, why don't you, Chair an investment committee, and it was that was a bit of an oh shit moment because this was <laughs> and I, it wasn't my money, but yep. uh, I I formed and chaired uh, uh, for my entire term the investment committee of the foundation for which I take a fair amount of pride. That's uh, and they they complimented me by asking me to stay on that committee even though I'll no longer be chair of it. Fantastic. And thank you. Thank Wonderful. You. Thank you. And thank what you. about you, Michael? Yeah. Can, can you give us um, something that has really moved you from your time on the foundation? Well, I think that, you know, David and I were very, very fortunate because in so many respects, we came onto the board when it was, it was just a blank slate. Huh. You know, they, they had three or four million dollars when we got there, before we got there, and, you know, it was just exponentially larger with way more that needed to be de- needed to be deployed every year. We right. didn't really have a choice not to deploy it unless we wanted to park it in a fund. Um, and it was, um, it was exciting to have the opportunity to take, you know, take that blank sheet of paper, really, and start writing on it with the rest of the trustees and, and you know, to, to impact, to decide how we collectively thought we might best deploy those resources to impact the community. Right. And I think that that was a, you know, it was a huge responsibility, but it was an honor and it was a joy. I mean, you know, I, I think David would agree. Not many, not many people go onto a board and have the opportunity to do, to do that shape history to shape history well you know i know for myself and i know for many other people in the community and many of us would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in some of those (laughs) those meetings um so you know getting away a little bit from the 
seriousness of being on those boards, and that was a really a serious board, and you and it it did a lot of wonderful yeah, things for our community. Still is very still important is, board. Still is, but still okay, so forward. in those meetings, can you just like share? Was there at least a few funny moments? You know, did a mouse <laughs> come through one day? Was there something that's memorable and funny in your mind that you'll always go back and have a chuckle about one of those meetings? <laughs> David, you probably are going to have to answer this one. I have no recollection of any meeting. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a lot of good-humored uh, exchanges between particular trustees in, at, at open board meetings that were, that were humorous at the time. Yeah. Uh, but what I took away from there was, was a board of trustees that took their responsibility very seriously uh, and that his volunteers worked harder as trustees than any volunteer board, and I think any corporate board that I've ever served on. Uh, we had a, particularly in the early years of our service. You know, when we when Mike and I went on the board, the only staff was a part-time administrator. Right. Right. And we were involved in when I talked earlier, mentioned earlier building the infrastructure in in all of the. Um, significant uh, hires and staffing. Uh, we added, you know, an, an executive director, right. Brian, right. Um, created a, a financial administrator that was supposed to be part-time and became nearly full-time. And then we lost her tragically to an early uh, death by cancer, but replaced her with another, you know, very competent person. Mm. Uh, and I, I would say that while there was, there were, when we joked about the refreshments, because Ben, I think Ben Gettler was fond of smoked salmon. So in our first couple of, our first year, that seemed in the middle of the afternoon, but that's what uh, was served. And Mike and I weren't about to interject on that. <laughs> Subsequently, about uh, M&Ms that would get in one direction. And uh, one of the trustees was fond of, uh, what were the nuts that uh, she liked? Uh, Macadamian? No, Filberts, mm -hmm. almonds, and you know, you know, when I hosted meetings at my office, I always had uh, chocolate cookies from the Bone Bonery, uh -huh. and they would go in front of particular trustees that seemed to <laughs> like them, to complain to me about putting them in front of them. <laughs> but those, that was it was all good nature. Yeah. 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 And what are you going to do now that you have a, a little bit more free time because you're not going to be attending some of these meetings, David? You want, what are you going to do with some of the – is there something that you've kind of thought, this is what I'm going to do now that I have a, a few extra hours a week? Um, you know, I'm a ferocious reader and intellectually inquisitive about a lot of things. And my stack of books to read or to listen to on audio tapes, unfortunately, has, uh, has uh, passed my, my modest height. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I hope to again be able to travel more. Some of our travel, because of the regularity of meetings, we get. A, you know, there were times when when I cut short some trips. There was one where where I left uh, a uh, a program, a Jewish program in Las Vegas, uh, and left it on a 3 a.m. flight so I could be home here for for a foundation meeting. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, but of course, the last two year, last year we haven't done any travel. Yeah. But I look forward to being able to travel um, right. um, internationally again. And you, Michael? COVID. Do you have any 
anything you want to do with those few extra hours you're getting this week, this year? If I had the choice, I'd be playing with my granddaughter, but I, I'm not given that option on a 24 seven basis. So, um, no, you know, I, I was very fortunate in my practice, um, that I had decades of travel and tra it was international. And so I was really all over the place. So other than maybe South America, there aren't a lot of places in the world that I didn't have a chance to, to go to. And I would always, somehow managed to um, schedule meetings and, and closings and things like that, like on a Thursday and Friday. So that I then found a weekend right after that or a Monday and Tuesday. So I could take the weekend before it. So I was very fortunate. I was able to get around to a lot of places and see a lot of things. Okay. Very good. Well, we can't thank you enough. Right, right. And well, thank you for sharing congratulations yourself. And congratulations. On, right, right. And being uh, our, our initial class so, of. Uh, the inaugural class of the Persons of right, the Year. Persons of the Year for the American, American Israelite, right. And I know in your free time, you'll also spend a lot of time. You're going to subscribe and spend a lot of time each week, like an hour each week, listening to the Let There Be Light <laughs> podcast. Because now that you've been a guest, you know all about it. And you're going to follow some of the silly things that we say and some of the important <laughs> things we say. And. And some of the serious things we say. So it's wonderful. We really appreciate. Oh my God! This was re recorded. Yes, yeah. we've been recording the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were we supposed to announce it legally? <laughs> yeah, we're. Doing, that's okay. Uh, thank you to for for uh, the honor that you pay us. Oh. Yes, I very. It's a, it was I a lot of fun for us, and it was nice to get yeah, to know both of wonderful. you. Wonderful. So and I echo that. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you. And then maybe when COVID is over, we can have you again come right, on. Maybe we'll have, yeah. In yeah, person, and you can spend the whole yeah, hour yeah. with us. It'd be wonderful. And help us go through the paper. Okay. Thank you Great. very much. Thanks for your time. Okay. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Well, bye-bye. Well, right, right, oh, that was good. That went very well. Yes, they were really yes, interesting. Yes, they yes. both had both some of them were interesting things to share. Kilimanjaro yeah. twice. I never knew that. I mean... How does Kilimanjaro, that's, well, compared to Everest, how big is Kilimanjaro? Is I don't know, but I can look that up next for probably next week. Probably pretty close to uh, uh, Everest. And there's also, isn't there, K2 is a major. Um, Listen, since COVID, I've just started hiking. I, You know, when you? COVID started, I decided I was going to, because I know my kids like to hike, I went out and I, I ordered shoes and clothes. Right, I'm all right. set to hike. I don't know if I'm going to go vertical. I mean, uh, horizontal so you, hiking you, is good. Will you walk around the neighborhood a lot? Yeah, well, walking is one thing, but we actually we got a uh, we got a, subs uh, a subscription to right. uh, Cincinnati Nature Center. Our, well, I've been, our kids yeah, I've been a member beautiful. there for I haven't been a member there in ten years, but I used to go out there. Um, Beautiful. Years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, and we went on those trips and we hiked. Right, so, right. We but hiked I haven't gone around. vertical hiking really. Yeah, I've been through the nature center every square foot of that place. It's nice. It's with nice. My buddies. Um, all right. So well, back to the newspaper. Back to the newspaper, and we are on page eleven with the Jewish way to make a New Year's secular New Year's resolution. So Ted is going to make them change that to secular. Yes, that should be secular. Because as we know, we get two New Years, and you know, on our color page in the centerfold is a beautiful henna party, and this is the son of Carol Mizraki from Cincinnati. Right. And her husband, and uh, Aaron, it's it's Josh Mizraki and Aaron Perlman, and right. their wedding was postponed, and... This uh, is just the henna... The party was like an... you get to get it, like an engagement kind party. of thing. It's okay. an engagement party for Caroline okay. Mizraki's uh, 
son and um, future daughter-in-law, and their wedding got postponed, but she sent these beautiful. This looked like quite a, I bet the food was really good, too. So it was almost like a little mini wedding, and they all look so beautiful. Um, well, this is, isn't this Sephardi? Am I, yeah, it's am a I Sephardi correct in tradition. Yeah. Well, because her husband is. Okay, so he's husband. Sephardi. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's not to be confused with the Josh Mizraki that we also know from, uh, that used to work here at the American Israelite. Okay, there was another. It's a different Josh Mizraki. Okay. Yes, yes. And then what did Julie, did Julie really say that? Yes, I, I so say everything, <laughs> so Every I say everything. Well, so I wanted to come up with some new ads. And I, I came up with some new catchy lines to put in the ads for us. Like, what, did Ted really say that last week? And uh, did Julie really say this? We're going to kind of flip them around and do a little, well, you know, we, we, we're very creative, very creative here at the paper. And uh, we're always thinking of new things and promotions and marketing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I didn't realize that China Gourmet has an outdoor section now. Yes. Oh, that looks very cool. We'll have to try yes. that. Did you oh, did you do uh, Chinese food for uh, Christmas? I, well, I, I, I am a master wok master. Um, I can make all kinds of... I have a wok at the house, and um, it's actually a cast iron wok. Uh-huh. And once you season it, you just heat it up, and you can make... So you can make I mean, you could take uh, pepper beef and uh, cut up some, like, green peppers and some onions... Um, and then that's like basically a, a, a like a, a like a beef stir fry. Basically, it's not Sounds that hard. Delicious. To, not that hard to make. And you, you can use some rice and then you know or noodles, and then you know um, even though I'm not allowed to eat that many noodles because of the diabetes, but uh, um, it's not that hard to make that kind of stuff. Really that's easy. Good to know. It's good. Anyway, to know. I wanted to bring up on page 16 the correction. Oh, this is a big deal because we actually had someone on our social media. Right in, did we realize that Saeed Erica was uh, yeah, a Yeah, so in our uh, issue of December 31 on the 2020, 20-ish, sorry, December 31, 2020, page 21, we had a listing of all the important Jews and influential Jews that died in 2020. And someone here at the paper who will go nameless <laughs> um, included in there a Arab terrorist... <laughs> Um, by the name of Saeed Arakat. He's actually a negotiator. He's a Palestinian negotiator. But he's been tied to terrorist activities. Right. So <laughs> I don't know if he directly did the terrorism, but... He's, he's still terrorizing the Israelites. He's terrorizing the Israelites <laughs> here and abroad. Let's just put it that way. Um, it never should have gotten in the paper, <laughs> and it slipped by me, and so we need to correct that, that he never should have been in there. It's our mistake. We screwed up. We're sorry if you read it and got upset. Hey, we make mistakes. You know, the thing about the American Israelite is, and right now with this podcast, we have very public jobs. You know what I mean? We're very public. We're out in the public. I mean, what we do is very public. I mean, you know, the newspaper is very public. Our podcast is very, and so we make well, mistakes. we're exposing ourselves, and we're human beings, and we and make we mistakes. we make mistakes once in a while. I mean, and so you just have to, like, Admit it, we made a mistake. I so, think the yeah. Native Americans have a saying that only God is perfect. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about things because we're not God. And we're, um, All right, so then we get to our favorite page, and we're kind of running late today because of our two interviews. It was a good interview. Very Well, both interviews, both yes. interviewers and yes. interviewees. 
So uh, we're on page 18, and this is just, we're just doing a synopsis of this. If you want to read the entire page, please go there. Uh, but in the beginning of 1854, the Insti- Israelitish institutions of Cincinnati by Samuel Brule continue. He's been writing for the last 20 weeks. I yeah. Mean, well, he writes. What Carol's doing is taking little paragraphs yes. from each one. Yes. So, um, in the basement of this building, the synagogue of the United Bre- Brethren on Race Street is a very good school for the education of children of both sexes, in which is taught the Hebrew, English and German languages and literature. The school is also progressing and and is well-conducted and punctually attended by the pupils. The present Hebrew teachers are Mr. W. Renau and Mr. Weil, with a good English teacher and a lady teacher for the girls. This establishment and the Talmud Yelodim of Lodge Street are the only two public Jewish schools in the city. So they did have Jewish schools back then. Mm Mm-hmm. Although there are several good teachers who give lessons privately to their own residences. So this is 1854. So there were two schools in 1854 that were Jewish, and people taught um, individual students individually. So was this like a Sunday religious school, or was this an everyday school that they went to? That's a good question. We should ask Carol. If she can find us. Yes, to find out whether there are daily day schools. It sounds almost like it was a real daily daily school, like like a a Jewish day school, school, because it was... Uh, Talmud Yeladim, so it was a school for children. Yeah, I think it's probably And they called themselves a public Jewish school, meaning that you didn't have to belong to the synagogue to belong, which is, you know, how Catholic churches have either a parish school school or a non-parish school. So 150 years ago, Freiburg Simon, Mr. Abraham Freiburg, and Miss Julia Simon, both of Cincinnati. So um, I did get... Well, that's betrothal. It's right. Betrothal, betrothal. They were getting married. Yes. So I did get to look it up. Now, yes, they have names that are very common in Cincinnati, Freiburg and Simon. So Julia was the daughter of Samuel and Matilda Simon, and Abraham Freiburg and Julia Simon had um, a number of children. They had Edgar, Leah, Mrs. Edgar Bettman, Mrs. Jacob Feibel, and um, Mrs. Bell, who was married to Sidney Bing, uh, Mrs. Ralph Baumgander, Mr. Charles Hayes, a- and Abraham lived 81 years, and Julia lived 66 years. And Edgar, the son, um, the younger son, married Alex, Alice Cohn, and they had another Edgar Freiburg, who was also called Mike sometimes. Um, and then A. Edgar Freiburg married... May Polk. Um, it seems that there has been, they don't have heirs that I could find directly, even though there's a lot of names well, now, that are very. I from, know a guy, and Mark Freiberg. Mark right, Freiberg is like a real estate agent. Right, there's a lot real of Freibergs estate, in commercial town. Commercial real estate guy. But this particular line did not pass okay, down not, that way. There okay, was a, a okay. stoppage and some of them having children. Okay, um, okay. But Abraham was in the wholesale whiskey business. Mm-hmm. And so he should have hooked up with J. David Rosenberg, and then he could have gone, gone in the whiskey <laughs> business. <laughs> So the ladies column from 125 years ago. So it begins, one of the best stories Mrs. Grant tells us is not of her husband, but of her brother. So they're talking about Grant the president. So huh. Grant's friend and roommate at West Point, um, which was her brother. Right, and, right. and her brother was President Grant's friend and roommate at West Point is what right, she's saying. Right. While she still was Julia Dent, so that was Mrs. Grant was previously Julia, Julia Dent. yeah. yeah. Her brother came home on furlough 
with a real boyish longing for the home fair and home delicacies. He petitioned particularly for corn dodgers. Now, I don't know what that is, but... Sounds like it's probably like a, like a maybe a muffin or a muffin. fritter or yeah. something like that. A cor- something corn. But she says, cook was cross or the oven was out of order so that only two of the desired cakes came to the table. Right, so it's a cake. It's a yeah. corn cake. So young Dent eyed them calculatingly and then surprised his mother by asking permission to say grace. And when this was accorded, the harem scarum lad folded his hands and bowing his head reverently said, Two corn dodgers for four of us. Thank the Lord there are no more of us. That's <laughs> like silly. Yeah, it's cute. <laughs> it's silly. It's, it, and I didn't try to make the coffee yet. And that's with the also gelatin. from New York, the New York Herald. It was right. in the New York Herald, too. She must have taken that story. Yeah. Um, and then we go down. Um, there's an interesting. Uh, advertisement about coats and carol has been kind enough to write down that in her editor's notes to accompany the 1921 ad for men overcoats this it was a it was they were asking people to spend money that there had been a sharp recession and so they were trying to push and so the article is trying to make you feel guilty and have you buy a new coat to help your country by buying a new coat which is what i say every time i buy something i'm (laughs) stimulating the economy yes uh uh-huh yeah wait a minute (laughs) <laughs> so, 75 years ago, Mr. and Mrs. C. Ralph Weil are spending a vacation in Florida, whence they will fly to Havana, Cuba for a few days before returning home on Tuesday, January 15th. So, this Ralph Weil is actually the father of David and Chi Weil. Oh. And Richard and Jamie Weil and Nancy Weil and Bob Wyrib. So, um, it is. Par- it most likely is part of all the wiles that we read about. One of the other okay. uh, branches of the family. It okay. is not a direct. It is not a direct line to the funeral home, okay. but it is a line of a now, family. This is now. This is in 1946, right? Yes. So, the plane that they would have gone over would have been like a puddle jumper. Yeah, like a like a propeller plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have jets back then. Um, that would have been like a propeller, a propeller, cool. uh, propeller plane. It's interesting. Yeah. So, um, fifty years ago, Miss Shelley Wallach and Mister Ed Hattenbach were married in a double ring ceremony, December nineteenth, nineteen seventy, at the Edith Israel Synagogue, Rabbi Fischel Goldfeder Affinity. So, I was able to get hold of Shelley. Right. Um, unfortunately, it appears that Ed is in the hospital and seriously ill. Okay. Um, she asked me to call back in a couple weeks, so I'm okay. assuming that she feels that he's going to be getting better. But okay. she asked that Ted, when you do your davening, if you would right. do a in the morning, my review of Shlema for. So we don't know I, what I, he's a buddy of mine. Listen, uh, a nice man. A, I talked to him. A wonderful guy. I've talked to him in the past. Um, and then one below that, Mr. and Mrs. Bernard Odelson of University Heights, Ohio, announced the engagement of their daughter, Gloria Beth, uh-huh. to Mr. Alter Peerless, son of Dr. and Mrs. Sidney Peerless. You okay. know, that's the okay. Dr. Sidney Peerless that we all know and the Dr. Alter Peerless, and they have Dr. Brian Peerless now, um, their son, and their daughter-in-law is also a doctor. Now, they're, they were very busy. I did get to talk to Alter a couple times, but they have some family things going on. They're very busy. What he asked was, he told me that his wedding was June 20th, 1971. He asked that in June, if we could again put a snippet in about uh, his wedding and uh, that they would love to talk about their wedding. Well, just, that's fine. You'll need to tell, tell Carol. Carol that. And so she remembers. Um, there is, you know, Gloria uh, uh, Peerless is best buddies with Iris Pastor. Okay. They're like they, I don't know if they're related or they're just good buddies, but yeah. they are very good friends. I mean, That's I know sweet. that. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And so, um, ten then years 10 ago. years ago, you want to talk about that? So soon, so in 10 years ago, we have soon the American Israelite newspaper will be bigger and better. The paper is launching a new and improved website on January 28th. The new website will also get a new name, the American Israelite dash Makor, the source Cincinnati. Makor is the Hebrew word for source. Now, you're not using that Makor anymore. No, we don't are you? use that anymore. But um, I don't know if that was our first website or second website because we've had like four or five iterations of our website. Is this one of the things that Pam helped you with with the that redevelopment? Or was that, did that come yeah, later that she probably helped you? Probably later, I think. Um, Probably later, but um, we've gone through a several. I mean, it's you know, it's developed. It's developed, yeah. It's evolution versus revolution, and uh, it's it's improved quite a bit over time. I mean, the next level is interactive, and we're probably looking at that probably this year. Oh, that and would be very nice. People can interact with the with the website. Um, and then the very last one is about the Manuel and Rhoda Meyerson Foundation, um, and. A bunch of the synagogues getting together. So I'm, I'm going to assume this is one of Pam's initiatives. I think you're right. And yes. uh, so that's very nice since we have been talking a lot about the Mayerson and the work she's done with the Mayerson Foundation. Well, we only do a little bit of this entire page. So go to the real, you know, go to the page and read it. Um, and there's quite a bit of stuff in there. All right. And then hatred uh, in plain sight is something is, that you've really been working on. Yes. Um, so this came out of the Smithsonian Magazine from my wife, Stephanie gets it, and I read it, and then um, we contacted them, and we had to pay, you know, a fee to reproduce it and reprint it, but it's really fascinating, and if you follow the story, it's, I think, there's there's a, six parts. Uh, this is number two of six, but you want to read the history of it, and then how it, you know, gets into it, and where this statue came from, and it's really, uh, it's fascinating. It's, I think it's fascinating. I love history. I love historic stuff. This is a fascinating article. Please read this. There'll be another one next week and for the next several weeks. And uh, it's just it's fascinating stuff. And then so. there's two good columns that you'll have yes. to read on your own. They're both very interesting, so yes. we recommend a judgment. Marianna Bettman and Lori Kleiner-Eckert both have columns this week, and they're very nice. And then there is an, um, an incredible obituary about Jane Miller. She passed away from COVID. Um, she had oh. picked it up while she was rehabbing from uh, a hip break. Oh. But um, I have to tell you, it's an incredible history of Jane. So she was born in Vienna. Okay. They had two homes. She had nannies. They had an incredibly rich um, lifestyle in Vienna, and then they they first made their first move into Czechoslovakia after Kristallnacht. Oh wow! And then from Czechoslovakia, they eventually got into the United States. Um, but it tells her story, and she is the wife of Al, and Al is a big lecturer for the Holocaust okay, Center, right, in right, the right. Holocaust and Humanity Center. And she's awful. She's quiet in that respect, but Jane was a delight. She was always had a smile on her face. She was welcoming. She was loving. You always felt comfortable in her presence um well she's her her children are very you know well known in Cincinnati right so too. her daughter-in-law is barbara miller right um, well, fred, fred fred and robin fred Randy and, Rob and barbara and, and ron, ron miller and ron right. lives in dallas texas i believe right um and she has granddaughters and grandsons right. and she also has great a great grand a couple of great grandchildren so right. um this so is a beautiful a really tribute to right. her it's well very well written beautifully right. done right and may her memory be a blessing and then this right. week well we when did she so she passed away on december 14th right Okay, and we don't know what the um, Hebrew date is. Not in but here, but it was already in the okay. paper under your death okay. notices. Okay. Um, right. But we have two death notices this week. We have Rob Roger Abrams, age 71, January 3rd, 2021, the 19th of Tevet, 5781. 
And Galena Grinberg, age 89, January 1, 2021, 17, Tevitt. 5781. It's nice to see a few less deaths than we've had in the last Yeah, couple like weeks. last week there were several, and this week there's, there's not. Well, still, one is many. One is a lot. Right. So. May their memory be a blessing. Yes. So, coming up in the history of the American Israelite and what's going on with us, we've got tax and estate planning issue. Um, so, if you're a tax attorney or an accountant and you want to be in that issue, please contact us um, about. Uh, having your name or an advertisement in there. Um, and then at the end of the month, we've got Mature Living Senior Life. Um, hopefully we'll have a you know guest speaker, for, guest host for that, and maybe a guest host next week for our, our I think it's our new baby issue. Or I don't know if we have any new babies right now. Not yet. Well, maybe this, this week we'll have. That might be the first Jewish baby of the year for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to put that in. The Mashiach, Mashiach, oh, Mashiach. No, don't start that again. <laughs> Okay, so this, our joke of the week, is from 101 classic Jewish jokes, Jewish humor from Groucho Marx to Jerry Seinfeld by Robert Menchin. Now, I haven't read this, so I'm doing this cold. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Goldberg walks into a butcher shop and asks the price of a pound of lamb chops. $10, says the butcher. Are you crazy? Mrs. Goldberg says, across the street at Schwartz, it only costs a dollar a pound. So go buy your lamb chops from Schwartz, the butcher replies. He doesn't have any, Mrs. Goldberg says. Listen, lady, the butcher says, if I didn't have any, I'd sell them for a dollar a pound, too. (laughs) Okay. Well, this so we, we ran over a little bit. So it went very uh, fast. We, well, but hopefully we kept everybody entertained this yeah. week. You know, last week I said that, I, or a couple weeks ago, I said that I knew that Walter Solomon looked like an actor. I finally figured out who it is. It's Ew. Joe Montego. He, reminds, uh, he does look doesn't like, he look like Joe Montego. 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 You know, Montega. I, I butcher everybody's yeah, names. Joe Montego. So yeah, yeah he does look a little bit like that guy. Yeah. That's, what that, that's why it, it clicked. Yeah. yeah, click with me too. But what I also understand is his kids were at Yavna at the same time my children were at Yavna, and I uh, might have crossed his path then too. I just It's just that I kept looking at him and thinking I'd seen him on the TV or in the movies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Handsome he's a man. He's a famous actor. Handsome man. Well, so, we want to thank everyone yes, for listening this you. week. We want to yep, again yep, thank yep. Our, our five winners. We have so, five yeah. winners, persons of the year. We have Pam Sakes. We have Billy Kahn. Well, you should Kahn. do them alphabetically, alphabetically. So you should have it's, Bill Kahn. Michael Ostriker, J. David, David Rosenberg, Rosenberg, Pam, Pam Sakes, Sakes, and, and Robert Wild. Bob Wild. Bob Wild. Yeah. And we want to also. So that's our, na- our, our na- inaugural class of. And this is going to be the coveted war. This is what they're going to want more than Woman of the Year in the Inquirer. They're going to want to be the American Israelites Persons of the Year. And we, you know, actually, right in front of me, I have these plaques that we had to pick from. And then we're going to have like a plaque at the office. With uh, their name and on it, and we should send them a pretty certificate of something. That we they need can to frame. figure that. Out. Yeah, we need to figure. It. So you need to work on that. Too. Okay, thank I, you. I've got that. <laughs> Again, <laughs> passing it on to the infantry. Well, see, that's what I do. I I assign duties, and I you know I like uh, what, what's the uh, I, I delegate. You're I a delegate, good delegator. Delegate responsibility. Yes, yes. So we're we're a little late this week, but um, it was it was inter- had a good week this week, yep. and it was very interesting. And thank you for wearing your mask. Oh, thank no, thank you. I can't wait to meet this little baby that I'm we're masking up for. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay. So thanks everybody thank for joining you. us. Have a good week. Shavuot Tov. Bye bye.